Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode will be releasing on my 30th birthday. 30. And <laughs> wow, the eye roll that I just got from Vivi for that. <laughs> Okay, I turn 34 today, and you know what? I feel okay saying that because last week when I told Hari Neff how old I was, she was shocked and said she thought I was in my 20s. I, so. You give the vibe of someone who's in their 20s. Well, my skin gives the vibe of someone who's in their 20s. Right, okay. You and do have... All that, that, all that, um, what is it, petroleum jelly you rub on slugging, every night? slugging, estrogen, lots of sunscreen, and I drink a lot of water. And a lot fillers and Botox. <laughs> <laughs> My beauty secrets. Oh, you know, just drinking water. Did um, you know that Sydney Sweeney only drinks water? I don't care. She um, looks like it. <laughs> But you know what? Even if my face was horribly disfigured and wasn't this beautiful, I could wear a mask, just like the Phantom of the Opera, my favorite musical, and one of my, uh, uh, you know, movie musical selections. Um, And I'm so excited because after literal months of trying to convince Fran to do an episode on Phantom of the Opera, I was finally able to bully them into it with the help of our guest today, Jess Tom, who's an incredible comedian, writer, and uh, Phantom of the Opera stan. And Jess Tom just wanted to plug that they're doing three nights uh, for their hour called Less Lonely. The poster is iconic. Like it's, it's giving it, Phantom. It's giving Phantom um, at the Cherry Lane Theater uh, July 13th through the 15th. So y'all should get tickets. And it's also being 
presented by Elliot Page. Hello. They're also doing another show July 29th at Dynasty Typewriter. So go see Jess. Yeah, so with the help of Jess, we're going to deconstruct, you know, the chandelier, Christine, Raoul, Joel Schumacher's 10,000 load weekend. Mm -hmm. Because this is like a virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Torado. Dun, 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 (laughs) dun. Of course. More singing. Here we go. How have you been adjusting to post-vacation real life again? Let me tell you, um, I am really, really, really tired today because I was up until 2 a.m. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't really tell you on the mic. Was it a sex reason? Yeah, it was a sex reason. Oh, okay. So you've been so you've been adjusting back to I've been adjusting real life. Great. Yes. What okay. about you? Your birthday is coming up. Actually, I believe this podcast this episode, drops. This episode drops on my birthday. on your birthday. Yes. Turning forty four. Just kidding. Oh, Although I'm sure some people would believe that. Um, no, my birthday is on Thursday. Um, I famously hate my birthday. <laughs> This year, I have my birthday all scheduled out. I'm doing lots of, like, self-care stuff. Wait, can you list the things that you're doing for your birthday? Yeah, I'm getting a facial. I'm getting a massage. I'm going to maybe go shopping. I And then, keeping it very low-key, I'm going to the movies, maybe, with some friends. Like, I'm not doing a dinner because just... All my girlies are out of town, mm-hmm. including Fran. Mm. And and also, I got to have a really lovely birthday moment in Fire Island. So I'm counting that as my true birthday celebration. Oh my god, that's what I wanted. Wow. Okay, that's really good to hear. Um, and I, mean, I appreciate I appreciate how thoughtful that was that you that you planned. That. That's literally the exact reason I wanted to have even just a moment. But like the virgins need to know because okay, say what you want about your birthday. You hate it. I get it. But, like, Rose is the girl who will be like, I hate my birthday. I'm going to knock myself unconscious. I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to be in Budapest for my birthday so I don't have to speak oh to anybody. Yeah, not, remember not that one? Budapest. Yeah, remember Budapest? Oh, it was the worst <laughs> birthday of my life. Exactly. And she'll do it. And then she'll be like, why is no one celebrating my birthday? I'm so alone. I've never been more alone in my entire life. And nobody loves me. Like, that, you are that girl. And it, it, you have to strike the balance of not trying too hard. Don't make too big of a deal of it. But like I'll making, resent it. Because she'll resent it. But, like, yeah. make sure that she feels at least a little bit loved and then presents obviously are are key presents are very nice (laughs) okay wait speaking of aging are you are you all caught up on ah! just kidding you're aging backwards you're basically um isabella rossellini in death becomes her stop it (laughs) um so how are you all caught up on ultimate girls trip by chance i'm not fully caught up but I am further than I was when we Ooh. were watching on Fire Island. I really but, wish you were caught up. Oh, the most recent episode is so juicy. What wait, what happened in the most recent episode because maybe I did watch it. I'm I like was only half paying attention while I was watching. Brandy and Dorinda get into a really huge beef. I mean, Dorinda is such a fucking flop and is picking fights with everyone for no reason. She's like so 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 
destructive beyond well also sometimes for a reason because she did get into that fight with vicky about vicky not being vaccinated (sighs) that was was then and that was legit and then at the end of the fight was like oh whatever like i still love you and it's like no dorinda that's actually the the one one thing that you should hold on to wait actually that is so t i didn't even realize that but it's so true but she did pick another fight with vicky about nothing and there's a point where it's like encroaching like physical a physical fight And Brandy was like, I'm going to fuck her up. I'm going to fuck her up. And Phaedra goes, you can't fuck her up. She's a little old lady. Like, like you, she, she's so old. Like you can't do that to her. And Brandy goes, Dorinda's only five years older than me. And Phaedra goes, Oh, for real? (laughs) Oh, for real? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Phaedra, Phaedra is untouchable. The the MVP. Phaedra is so good. Untouchable. She is incredible television. Everything she says is gold. She looks incredible. Every outfit, every wig, like, she's killing it. She needs to be back on uh, on Atlanta or, like, she needs a spinoff. Or, honestly, she can, like, move to Beverly Hills and be on Beverly Hills or something. Yeah. I just, I'm so happy to have her back on TV. To be honest, I feel like Brandy is also doing a great job with this season. But Phaedra is, like, so far and beyond all the other girls, like... She's I thought, playing 4D chess. I was really excited for Jill Zarin, and I, I'm just sh- kind of shocked to find that all of the housewives unanimously either hate her or don't know who she is. <laughs> she's a flop. She's a flop, which I think But was she doesn't perfect, deserve to which, be a flop. Uh, I don't no, think she but it, it was, Jill Zarin it was, is a legend. Yeah, but it was perfectly encapsulated in that moment where she <laughs> entered Hi. and tried to recre- recreate <laughs> her scary island entrance, and everyone was like, crickets yeah it was so good even though let's be clear scary island is the best vacation that has ever happened on any housewives probably probably and i did scream go to sleep at fran at one point while we were on vacation hi i I will say oh i think i did while you were in your (laughs) k-hole no i can't talk about the k-hole i mean i can the only thing i maybe could talk about the (laughs) k-hole okay 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 what the virgins the only thing the virgins need to know and i don't want to hear any any details of the k-hole because i blacked out and i just i really no no no. i only want to talk about the circumstances leading up to it because i want to demonstrate what a good friend i am okay Moments after we got off of our podcast recording last week, we decided to do ketamine. I've only ever done bumps of ketamine or the nasal spray that you can buy over the counter in Mexico. I had never done lines. I had, you know, poured some ketamine out on a cutting board, um, ground it up because it was still pretty rocky. And then as one does, I from the little pile I'd made, I cut three lines for the two of us and our friend Justin uh-huh. and then scooched the rest that was oh, for-, for, future, for future lines to the side. Justin and I each did our lines. lines. And I left one for Fran and told them to come over and do it. But instead, Fran did the rest. The rest of the ketamine. Because it was in a line shape. And it was o- not. It was in a pot. It, it was no, a no, 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 no. You will not rewrite history. It was in a line shape. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. This, I'm still blaming myself. Well, it's because I scooched. I was using a credit yes, card you were and scooching I scooched the co- it over. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying none of this is all my fault. None of this is on you. I, I have to be clear. But it I was know. in a and line you know what shape. I did? 
It was and I think the fact that the fact that I was able to snort it all with a dollar bill is proof that it was in a line shape. Well, not not at all because immediately after this happened and we realized what happened, I said, "I'm not letting my sister do this alone." (laughs) And I and I took the dollar bill from her hand and snorted everything else that was on that cutting board. You literally said because I said, "I am a good friend. This is my sister." I am not letting her go on this journey alone. You did like gay drugs, seppuku suicide. Like you were just like, we're okay. in this together. We and, are. Um, but but, and, but we you, were not but, in this together. We were not. Because, because you fell out into Kate a hole. I had an amazing afternoon. I was the you had an amazing the party. Afternoon. I did not. Um, but then I had a rough night because I took a nap before <sighs> dinner. And when I woke up, I was in a bad way. We, we had to... Eat dinner with sunglasses on. Um, we did. We uh, did. Sunglasses on at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Inside. Okay. So something that put me into an emotional K-hole was the most recent episode of Miss Marvel. Did you so did you watch good. the partition episode? Yes. Oh, my God, Fran. The Crying. way that I cried throughout the entire thing. Oh, my God. That was the most moved i've ever been by anything marvel has made you know i was talking to our friend lala yesterday about marvel and the way that i'm in kind of marvel fatigue because everything is just so the same there is this house style of marvel where it's like action 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 yep. wink 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 yep. joke 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 and it's just always Interweaving the same plot lines and some things are more of that some things are less of that but everything is that's the baseline like i would say like something like the new thor movie which i still haven't seen like is the most that something like multiverse of madness is the least that but it's all still has something that does that and it's making me just really I'm kind of over it. I think Marvel is low-key in its flop era. Mm-hmm. Except... Except for Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, which somehow, like, is still doing that house-style thing, but is telling such an interesting, moving story that truly is deeply investigating the lived experience of someone who is not, you know, a white man Mm -hmm. in the Marvel universe and like doing it so well. And like this episode particularly, it was so moving where Kamala like goes back into the past and you find out she is the person who saved her grandmother. (gasps) Like, I mean, Oh, so good. I was sobbing, sobbing. It it was, it it was so, I mean like the thing that's so, if if someone told me that Miss Marvel was not created by Marvel, like I would believe it because I actually feel like, it doesn't have a lot of like the canned things we see in a Marvel series. And it's reminding me of WandaVision and how unrecognizable its tropes are sometimes. Um, And I love that um, Kamala is just ordinary. Like she's extraordinary in her charisma, but like she is just really like, she's not that good at fighting. Like she's just trying to figure herself out as as a teen. Like she's a fan. And like, I think that's so new and so fresh and like, the thing about, I mean, first of all, we have to say our friend Fatih Oscar wrote this episode, this partition episode. That's so, that's so incredible. And I never in a million years thought that Marvel, an entity that like Marvel, would be centering a story about partition. Like, that's insane. Which is, which is not something that I 
knew about. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to this piece of media for telling this story that, like, I, that I in the, like, American school system was never taught. And using it as a way to talk about the identity of this girl and her family and, like, it's still about superpowers and stuff, but is just like was really beautiful and sad um, and touching. And I want to, I mean, wade into a murky critique of like Marvel in general, because like when I was watching the partition episode, I was thinking about how Marvel in the comics and also in the movies and series are like obsessed with Nazis and like, and like say, and like um, Auschwitz and like kind of, uh, and and that's obviously those are stories that need to be told, but the way that Marvel tells stories about genocide is very flat. It's like Nazis are bad and we are good and the superheroes are gonna kill them, and that's the end of like the series. And like I was so worried that there would be a flattening of something that is so such a rich and important and resonant and painful history that was treated with such care and delicacy, and it was it's such a sp- small story and it's focusing on truly just love and oh my god i'm getting emotional just talking about it the 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 scene at the end well not the end but the scene of just kamala and her mother and her grandmother after everything has happened i was so happy that the big fight was not the end of the episode Mm -hmm. that like you really understood that the most important thing to come out of that was these three generations of women in this family connecting and that that is ultimately what this show is really about you know this is the penultimate episodes we still have one more there should be way more episodes by the way like why are there only six episodes i'm wondering if it will fall into the same trap that wandavision did where i think Mm. the majority of wandavision was so great and then the last episode they were forced to avengers again yeah they were forced to you know funnel the show back into the main Marvel thing and have, like, a big battle and, like, everything just, like, became very flattened into the, you know, what what we keep seeing again and again. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in the finale. But I'm grateful for this. It's a a beautiful reprieve. Okay. We both finished Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. I think, like, do you want to give just, like, a quick thoughts on the finale? Um, well... My my most resonant thought is that I thought it was the series finale. And so oh. toward the end of the last episode, I was like, there's no way they're wrapping this up in the next 15 minutes. Like, what the fuck is going on? But like the last 30 minutes were very end of the movie. And I thought, honestly, lazy writing. I thought that it, a lot of the rap, the emotional wrap ups were not very compelling I was extremely bored in the last 20 to 30 minutes. After, I did get a little after, bored After too, the yeah. monster is killed or whatever, after Vecna is vanquished, which was anticlimactic, by the way. Totally. I also don't think it's interesting that he's the big bad. No. I don't. I, I thought he should have been, you know, the, the, the bad guy of this season and that there should have been a final, final boss for the last season. I like, I think like... The whole show coming down to a show-off between Eleven and Vecna and is, like, I I get what they're going for. It's, like, kind of interesting. 
But I actually, I, I, I I'm going back. I, I actually it. do think Vecna makes sense as the big bad, and I also think it's like, yeah, they've destroyed his corporeal form, a la Voldemort, and so now they have to destroy his like spiritual form or whatever. So, so here's where theory comes in, which I saw on TikTok Ooh. and actually Ooh. think could really be real, which is that since Max's like soul has been eaten by Vecna and she's just like a comatose vessel. People are positing that Vecna will possess Max in the final season. I mean, which that, that I think would sense. be, I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's very like, it, it, it makes sense a lot, a lot to me with the Duffer brothers and they really have been hinging so much on the Max 11 friendship mm. that if in the final season, like, Eleven had to face off with the big bad possessing her best friend. That would be really interesting and I think emotionally satisfying. And I think Sadie Sink is a really great actress and she could do really well playing that villain. I don't know. I I loved it. Um, Just not the last 30 minutes. It was a fun ride. I had a good time. Okay, Rose, we have to end on the breaking news at the time of this record which is that Beanie has decided to leave Funny Girl early following the rumors that Leah Michelle is replacing her. Well, let's be clear. The the actual breaking news is the confirmation that Leah Michelle is replacing her. Is Beanie replacing announced, her. Beanie announced yesterday, Sunday, that she was leaving, and then Funny Girl said they would be announcing her replacement the next day, and... Surprise, surprise, it's Leah Michelle. Of course, of course. Um, Which is like, I think it's crazy that they replaced Jane Lynch, though. Could you imagine Leah Michelle and Jane Lynch in Funny Girl well, I, together? Well, Jane Lynch was supposed to be in the show until like September, and I'm sure as soon as they confirmed Leah, Jane She's was like, like, cut the, cam- <laughs> get, cut the camera's get dead ass. out of here. Um, I did get some secondhand tea okay. about Beanie's exit, oh. which is that. She has been trying to get out of the show since the Tony nominations came out and she wasn't nominated. Mm, Um, And so that's why this has all been fast tracked, which makes sense. You know, like I'm sure it's been extremely overwhelming for her to get all this bad press, to be in this thing that is like a flop in a lot of ways. And you know, someone lied to her several times. Yeah, someone lied to doing, her. That it's, doing this yeah. show was a good idea. It's just crazy because she's so wickedly talented and like b- beloved. In certain ways, culturally she's beloved, wickedly talented. Like, she's every, wickedly talented. Let's be clear. She has been really good in supporting roles in Book other Smart things. Booksmart was a lead role. Booksmart yes. was a lead role. But she had a... She and had Monica Lewinsky to, was a lead role. I didn't I didn't watch it. It was so... She Booksmart, was amazing in it. In Booksmart, she had, you know, someone to play off. Yeah. In Lady Bird, you know, she has a, a yeah, supporting a role sidekick. that she really shines in. Mm-hmm. This clearly, like, she was not vocally prepared to sing the show and probably, like, is not at the point in her career where she's ready to take on this kind of role and... She really was set up for failure by I, everyone involved. I just, Beanie is so great. Like, I really believed she could do it, but none of us had heard her sing before. So it's just unfortunate well, we heard that her sing no a little one... bit in Lady Bird, and it was like, oh, she has a nice voice. But yeah. she's, you know, playing a role that Barbara Streisand played. Yeah. You know, it's, it's big shoes to fill. And it's also just really funny 
in a kind of sick way to look at her, her and her good Judy Ben Platt and see the ways in which these nepotism babies have had their parents like buy them these yeah. vanity projects yeah. that they like could not support could not do could not cut it in yeah that's kind of rotten but like if this is a privilege thing like i hope somebody learns their lesson because girly you've got to clock the hours before you take on funny girl but i'm so rooting for beanie and i'm so excited to see what she does next so long i think she should stick to film like go back to being a movie star she's amazing as in movies she's amazing in tv too she's amazing she's an amazing actress she just doesn't need to sing and I do want to see Leah in Funny Girl. Me too. So I don't think she's going to be amazing, though. If anyone out there is listening and wants to, like, get us tickets. Actually. Um, well, after we've insulted the entire. <laughs> yeah, but we Bro. would we would praise Leah, I don't obviously. Know. Because I don't know. I, I she's feel like going be, to be amazing. I, don't, I think she's going to be great. I think that she makes, out of anybody, you know, casting right now, I think she makes a ton of sense. But it's just like just nobody can do Barbara, and and I I I don't really as much as Barbara as she is, uh, she's not a good actress. Sorry. I think she is a good actress. No, I no, think, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I think no. she is. I saw I saw she's Spring Awakening soap many actress. times. I I think she's really great. She has an amazing voice. I and guess she's good. We've for already stage. seen her do like several numbers from Funny Girl on Glee, and I also just think it's so crazy that. The meme came true. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. 
I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We have to talk about your Fire Island experience. Oh my God, we have to talk about this. You're a changed man now. I am a changed man. <laughs> I've come, I went a boy and I came back a man. <laughs> oh, well, so you had a bar mitzvah while you were there. I did, I did, I did. I said the whole, I, I, I read exactly from the Torah. As a first time Fire Island Islander, what were your key takeaways? What, what did you think? Well, before I went... Um, Shane O'Neill. Do you know Shane? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane, um, Shane. I had spoken to him about it, and he said something like, on Fire Island, your friends are real. The people you want to have sex with who want to have sex with you are real. Everything else is just a mirage. Ooh, that is so good. true. That's the best advice you could get going it really to Fire was. Island. Yeah. It really was. So I really carried that with me. Um, and it was crazy because we went exactly when the Fire Island movie came out, which wow. wasn't on purpose. At wow. all. So you were having the and whole the cast experience. was there that weekend. Right? The cast was there. And we didn't even, we really literally did not know. We were like, I think Joel and Bowen are around because I was with a bunch of comics. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it became that like we were the VIPs at the at Fire the- Island <laughs> release party <laughs> Love. on Fire Island. Incredible. I had an amazing time. Wow. I have to be honest, I had an amazing time. I didn't know what to expect. I uh, have been classically. Um, prejudiced against cis gay men same as you should be, <laughs> as yeah. you should be. they yeah. deserve it yeah. yeah that that was something i had taken on and so i was um i was shocked to find that i really fit in with them wow i love that i mean honestly it's i feel like there's a tide change among like fire i think there's a tide change that could potentially happen for fire island because i do think the movie will create a some somewhat new demographic. I know there were all of 15 Asian people there. <laughs> yeah. And I was I, like, I, I can tell feel... this is a lot of Asians. Yeah. I also do think, uh, I mean, like, you clearly are feeling embodied in some, some type of way. You know, like, I follow you, on, you. I follow you on Twitter. I know that Thank you're, like, you. on a certain point in your gender journey. And, like, I do think Fire Island likes um, extremes. Yeah, and like does. And, like, once they can kind of, like, quantify you or qualify you, like, that is an easier space to access. I went in literally being like, okay, my strategy is just going to be that I'm going to act like it's fine that I'm here and that everything is normal and I'm going to do everything just like everybody else does. So, like, we're going to the underwear party. I'm going to be there in my underwear. Like, you know, I haven't had top surgery. I whatever. So I was like, but I was like, we're just going to act like this is fine. Yeah. Um, And it kind of, yeah, it kind of turned out to be... Fine. That was a strategy. I I was also going to say, Fire Island is a great place to be when you, and I'm sorry to bring this up, when you um, have been bestowed the testosterone-induced curse of being attracted to men. Absolutely. No, it absolutely was. And I... um... Okay, I want to say that the episode that I listened to <laughs> of to like prepare myself for this of like a virgin was the Honey Pluton episode uh, about Are You the One? A truly, truly uh, one of our best one. episodes. It was so good. Um, it was so funny. I was like, I'm definitely much more NPR sort of tone than this, <laughs> but that's okay. You have the um, voice for it. For sure. Thank you. Um, um, testosterone, but um, no, just kidding. I sounded like this before too. But anyway, <laughs> you guys were talking about Kai and the way that everybody kind oh of jumped. Don <laughs> <laughs> okay. Truly, one okay, of the, one of the recurring villains. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, I want to say.
that when I watched Are You the One and I saw specifically this thing where Kai walked into the house and everybody suddenly wanted to fuck him, I was like, okay, this is about white supremacy. Yeah. And especially if you look at what happened with Kai versus what happened with Bissette, I was like, this is yeah. about white masculinity versus black femininity mm-hmm. and how one is valued and one is reviled, mm-hmm. uh, specifically sexually and romantically. And I was really pissed. I was like, this guy, like Kai, to me, he's not that hot. Yeah. yeah. In the face or body Same. or style or personality. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> He's not that hot. Okay, okay. I agree. I feel the same way. I, I disagree. I, I thought he was immediately hot. I immediately Ooh. found him hot, unfortunately. But, but that is, is for type. you. That's for you yeah. to interrogate yes, about yourself. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That's exactly. a question yeah, for friends. You need friend. to unlearn. <laughs> yes, yes. But so I, and you know, I went to Smith College. So I was... <laughs> I see you these are a dime a dozen for, for me. <laughs> I was like, I don't. This is not like if you've never seen this before, then that's on you. <laughs> There's 10 million cut. Kai, are you kidding me? Kai, Kai, Kai. literally Kai. Unfortunately, I mean, Kai is like the most chosen name ever. It, it but, really is. But also, isn't it's, it's right up there with like. Persephone. And Persephone. <laughs> I love that. I love that trans women choose like long names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia, Celestine, and, something yeah, like that. It's like and, Greek and, mythology, and she, stars, um, Shakespeare names. Yeah, and then trans with, guys are like, I'm brick. Right. <laughs> or know? like Jay. Yeah. Jay. So I know so J-I-X. many Js. Mm-hmm. So many but, Js. So I... I was like watching Are You the One getting like angry, getting yeah. jealous, and really being like, if this, I mean, obviously I was intensely projecting uh-huh. myself, but I was uh-huh. like, if this was me, this would never happen this way. And then I got to Fire Island, which was like single sex Are You the One. <laughs> and you were the Kai? And I was the Kai. And I was like, <sighs> actually, all these people want to have sex with me. Yes! I love... Uh, I love... Um, you surprise, were the surprise. one. I was the one. I was literally the one. I'm pretty sure I was the only transmasculine person there the entire weekend that I saw. But did you have a transformative justice circle in a hot tub is the question. Were, I, were you held accountable for your behavior? I um, I like to think that I was acting completely above board the entire time. Okay, great. Because okay, great. no one wants to be the toxic transmasculine. There the wasn't party. really... On Fire Island, there wasn't an opportunity for me to scream at a woman. Yeah, because <laughs> right. there were no, there were no, no women, women there. No women. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love well, we're about to possible. change all that this weekend. <laughs> I can't be misogynist if there are no Actually, women. I will be the woman screaming. Rose, yeah. and that is your right. That, yeah. is, that right. is your right. I'm occupying the space. I'm queering the space. Oh. Um, speaking of screaming, we oh did <laughs> we did bring you here for a reason. I'm yes, excited. Um, of course. Which is. You, you li- virgins listening, you have no idea how excited I was when Jess told me the topic they wanted to talk about. It is something I have been trying to bully Fran into yeah, discussing I've been, I've been since this podcast started, and that is Phantom of the Opera, specifically the 2004 Joel Schumacher film starring Emmy Rossum, Gerard Butler, Patrick Wilson, and most importantly, Minnie Driver. I had no idea Joel Schumacher did it's this movie. It's a queer movie. It is a, it <laughs> is a, a queer, queer it's film. It's got by, the gay gays yes. on it. It's queer in which we mean it's bad, but we love yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. It's awful. It's, it's so awful. bad. I've definitely it's seen it so once, bad. and I feel like when I walked when I like walked out of the movie, I remember being like, yeah, it felt like the person that directed that 
claims to have had sex with 20,000 people. Yeah, well, that's definitely the movie I watched. You know, we do this thing often where we start with the negative things about something. Yeah, right. Um, so I guess we'll get it out of the way. This movie is bad. I think it's mostly bad because <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber did handpick Joel Schumacher to make the movie. Oh. There's something thus, there in that. There's yeah, something for I know. Andrew to ask and himself about is like, <laughs> He's just like far too involved in it and it ends up being a very literal adaptation of the Broadway musical and I think suffers for that. Well, it's also very in that early to mid 2000s like we're doing a dark gritty realistic yeah like, this is like if phantom of the opera really happened right yeah right. which like it is based on true events no it's not <laughs> yes it's... phantom of the opera is based <laughs> on it <a>, it's <laughs> no it's based, i mean it's, it's based, based on, on a novel, novel. Yeah, but the novel is based on something that actually happened in the Parisian opera in the 1800s. Are you sure? Yes, I'll look it up right now. Okay, yes, fine. look it up. Wow. The novel Le Fantôme de l'Opera was partly inspired by historical events at the Paris Opera during the 19th century and by an apocryphal tale concerning the use of a former ballet pupil's skeleton. Yes, and there was an actual chandelier that killed someone. So you doubted me, and it turns out I I I, I could school you on. But something But you know what? Else. You believed in yourself, and that's I believed what in myself. I, I don't think there was a literal phantom, but I think there was. Yeah, a, there no, was a lore. That, that was fictionalized. <laughs> oh, you think? You, um, you think? I I will preface. I do think I should start this conversation by saying Phantom of the Opera is my favorite musical. Yeah, it's okay. my favorite said. musical too. It is. Is it the only musical you've seen though? I am like a fake gay in that I'm like I love musicals, Phantom of the Opera and Rent. Yeah, not Rent. Oh my god, <laughs> the day that we have to finally do a Rent episode will be the day I kill myself. Listen, I was 14 at one point, and I don't think I know. I so be, was I. I don't think that I should be punished for that. No, you should not. We're not. We're not calling yeah. you in. We're not. We're not holding you accountable for that. But Rent was revelatory at the age of 14. Yes, that's, that's just facts. So Phantom for me is was not the first musical I saw, but the first musical I saw where I was like oh, this is what musicals can be. Like, the spectacle of mm-hmm. it. I mean, when the chandelier rises over the audience, it is the gag of all gags. That's Chekhov's gun. Yeah. It's and it happens right at the beginning gun. of the play. And with the overture, like, so actually, the last time, we're currently in New York um, at the iHeart studio recording. The last time I was here was in October. And that night, I went to see Phantom of the Opera right after it had reopened, like, post-COVID. Um, and hearing that overture being played, it just was like, Broadway's back. I love that that's what you returned to, was Phantom yeah, of the Opera, of ushering you back into of real course. life. Well, it was, like, one of the only things that there were tickets to. <laughs> um, but I was so happy to see it. And also, like, my seats were in the nosebleeds. And, like, you can't have a bad seat for that show because it is such a spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like going on a ride at Disney. You can always see a Candelabra. Yes. No matter where you're sitting, you can see it. What was your like, first experience with Phantom? Oh my god. Um I want to say that I've seen Phantom on tour 
up to five times. Wow. Maybe. What? Re- regional. My family used to love to see musicals downtown. That's like my family seeing the Blue Man Group five times. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera was our Blue Man Group. Yeah. Um, and in a way, a one they, to they, one, they are linked in some, I, you know, the Blue Men and the Phantom have yeah, something in yeah, common. Yeah, some parallels. Okay. I distinctly remember my mom and my auntie going to see it when I was like five and like I didn't go because I was a kid and then them coming back and telling me about it and going like someday when you're older will take you so phantom of the opera was sort of this rite of passage for me i want to say okay huge confession the phantom of the opera 2004 movie is definitely one of my roots mm, okay like one of root, the things root that of really what? like made you it was a root of i want to say lesbianism but i think what i really mean is a sort of colonized desire about an innocent white womanhood mm. specifically mm. say that okay, so emmy rossum really did it for you emmy rossum really did it for me you know, she was only 17 i know it's fucked that. up it's fucked up yeah. and and gerard was like 37 or something and is so miscast it's, no yeah, he's not right. right no he it's was right. so bad and you know it was supposed to be Antonio Banderas. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. And they tried to make Gerard Butler look like Antonio Banderas. Yeah. And and really if did. you watch, there's video of Antonio Banderas performing music from Phantom of the Opera, and it's so incredible. He sounds amazing, and for some reason, they went with Gerard Butler, who can't sing. No. If there's one thing we learned from the Shrek franchise, it's that Antonio Banderas can sing. <laughs> and they didn't even make him ugly. Like, when he does his reveal no, of his hideous deformity, it's yeah. not that bad. It's no. just like, you know, he got a sunburn. It was yeah. truly, truly anticlimactic. Yeah. It was. He's supposed to be horrifically disfigured. Like, We're supposed in the to be able show, to see his brain see from through the, the skull. Row. Yeah, he's supposed to look like a sunken You can skull see his pulsing brain. Yeah. For me, I feel like the... I feel like the Phantom is non-binary. I feel like the Phantom gives non-binary vibes. Well, I think the Phantom is an incel. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, they I could mean, be. That's, yeah. They could be an, a non-binary incel. Although He's, I don't know exactly. The Phantom how that would is work. definitely blackpilled, and like you, that's why he kidnaps Christine. If the kind of and like makes a doll of her. No, and <laughs> tells is, her that he's her father yeah. as a method of seducing her. Well, it's. I mean, you think about the mechanics of it. So Christine is this orphan girl who's in the ballet corps at the this Parisian opera and someone starts teaching her music at night and she thinks it's the ghost of her dead father and then she finds out it's actually this creepy guy wearing a mask who sitting is, in the uh, rafters of the opera on his reddit board yeah who is an angel and she's like yeah that makes sense <sighs> there's a lot of Freud there. But Which makes sense as Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay, if the Phantom of the Opera is non-binary but also an incel and the whole thing about incels is that they hate women. Does the does the Phantom of the Opera hate half of themselves probably? Well, like, it's maybe that, that's well, we, we, with incels it's like they hate women as a byproduct. Well, yeah, they hate women. Yeah. But they they hate society and they believe Because that they can't get laid. They believe that that society functions in a way in which they will never have any happiness. They will and mostly never that's sex. like sex. Yeah. Um which, you know, tea. And so because of that, you know, if they're blackpilled, they have chosen to totally, like, believe that and, like, reject society. And that's what the Phantom has done. He lives in a cave under the opera. I think the Phantom has had sex with Madame Giry, though. Ooh. Okay, this is a Madame Giry stan podcast. Let's say that. <laughs> I, love okay, so I love who, Madame Giry. I love Madame Giry. And I believe that Miranda Meg, Richardson I think in the Meg film. is Madame Giry and the Phantom's 
kid who's Meg's dad okay well the so let me let me um unfortunately break that assumption for you so we have we do need to speak briefly of love never dies oh my god which is is the sequel musical to phantom of the opera that andrew lloyd weber wrote i watched it on youtube in the deep pandemic when they put it (laughs) so did i it is um, a, a sequel to Phantom of the Opera. I'll give you like a very top line of the plot. So it's set 10 years after Phantom of the Opera. Um, Christine is a famous opera singer. She's married to Raoul. She has a kid. And she gets booked to go do this um, carnival at Coney Island, which is... The whole it, thing takes place on Coney Island. On no, Coney it Island. does yeah, And it, it turns out that Island. this carnival is owned by Phantom, who's actually alive. And... He and Christine, right after the end of Phantom of the Opera, fucked, and Christine had his child. And what? he discovers in Love Never Dies that Christine's son is his. They get back together. Raoul is like a drunk gambler who's lost all their money. And the show ends with Meg Giri, who's in love with the Phantom, shooting and killing Christine. And the Phantom and his son are like... All I don't know that I other. believe in the canon of Love Never Dies. I don't either. I, I reject it as canon. I'm just saying that... It exists. It exists, and it does complicate the idea that Meg <laughs> is Madame Giri in the Phantom. So who's Love Madame Child. Giri? Madame Giri is the ballet madam. She's like the, the mysterious the ballet house. mommy. Oh. Who is also somehow connected to the Phantom. And in the movie, you find out that she saw him... In a freak show? Yes, and helped him escape. Yes. And and helped him get under the opera house. Oh. But that's why I'm like, yeah, so then they were they were fucking. doing it. They were They fucking. were doing it under yeah. on a rock by yeah. a lake. <laughs> on that under boat. Under the opera house. On the boat, exactly. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Would we all fuck the phantom? Yeah, a hundred thousand percent. I, mean, I have because I read voice. enough. I read enough Phantom of the Opera fan fiction <laughs> that I can confidently say yes, I would fuck the. Phantom. I think it depends on which Phantom for me. I don't okay. think I could fuck Gerard Butler Phantom. He's kind of pathetic. Yeah, he's he's kind of snivelly. Yeah. He's a snivelly. Yeah, yeah, the part that I always remember is that he has a little a little booger, a little cry Ooh. booger. Oh my god! You know, no, the I don't... Phantoms throughout the years have been either like when Phantom started, it was like kind of an older man is like less hot mm-hmm. and through the years the phantoms have gotten hotter i don't know if you've ever seen this but have you ever seen nicole scherzinger performing phantom of the opera i have 100 absolutely percent seen nicole scherzinger <laughs> and so it's phantom her playing which is a terrible casting for christine she's way too i'm like but she's she had sounds sex. amazing yeah. yeah but she's had sex oh, she, she, she did sound obviously she, did oh, sound good. she has an incredible voice and yeah. she had a whole moment with andrew lloyd webber wow but this performance it's her standing in the middle and then all of the famous phantom actors yes. around her and it looks like it's about to like they're about to come on her face. Yes, oh, it's, like yes, it's full moment. phantom bukkake. Yeah. Oh, love, yeah. love. Would 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 do it. Yeah. I would watch that on Pornhub, Phantom yeah. Bukkake. It probably exists. I'm sure it does. Yeah. My thing about the 2004 movie is that I believe there's a strong, strong, strong lesbian subtext. Yeah. Between who and who? Between Meg and Christine. Okay. Meg, who they literally present as like a foot dyke in that movie. Yeah. I have a strong head theory that Meg is in love with Christine and you can track her through yeah. the movie yeah. and what she does a lot of the time when Raul shows up Meg is also there Motivations or Meg there. is there to be like I got to see her or like how can I help how can I rescue her in the end it's Meg not Raul who successfully leads the mob to save Christine and she shows up wearing pants why is she wearing pants she's a yeah. ballet well, and in the musical, the musical ends on Meg's face yes. after she picks up the mask, mm-hmm. and then there's a spotlight on her face, and then it ends. I think in the movie there's more romantic tension between Christine and Minnie Driver, who plays Carlotta, the, the prima donna. Okay, um, I like that. And Minnie Driver. And Minnie Driver is the best part of the movie. Minnie Driver is amazing. Her Italian accent, completely off the wall. Yes, <laughs> Minnie Driver. I will say this: Minnie Driver is the only person in this film who knows what movie she's in. Okay, <laughs> so, so, how so? I feel like you've said this before. Because this movie is camp that knows it's camp. Mm. And everyone else is acting like they're in a very serious. But the movie yes. didn't. But the, no one else knew. I think maybe Minnie Joel did. Schumacher knew that. Oh it was yeah, camp. that's true. It's let's Joel. talk. Let's talk about the fact that this movie was directed right. by Joel There's Schumacher, no, right. starring no... Patrick Wilson, the star of Angels in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joel Schumacher, who I think this is, was his first movie post Batman and Robin. Oh, the oh my god, nipples Which is on like the bat the suit, campiest, most cartoonish. Yes, of Joel Batman Schumacher franchises. said to Minnie Driver, "Hey." you know you're in a Joel Schumacher movie, right? And she was like, yeah, I got it. And I got no it. one else got that same note. 
And she her didn't, wigs. She and didn't sing. She did not sing. She did not sing. They faked her voice. Love but that. you know what? I'm happy that they did that so that we got Minnie Driver in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. she is incredible. And Prima Donna is, I think, one of the high points of the film. I love Prima Donna. The it's best character. So good. I love Prima Donna. I think. I love her. If I, Carlotta I mean, is like one of my favorite parts of the show. Carlotta has the most iconic lines in the show. Until you stop this, this thing, thing from happening, happening. This, this thing, thing does, does not happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, during Think of Me. But Rose, have you seen the 25th anniversary at the Royal Albert Hall? Yeah, with Sierra Boggess. I love that. I think that um, one is actually my favorite version of Phantom Yeah, of the well, Opera. I think he's the, the Phantom in that is one of my favorite Phantom. Oh, he's the best. And yeah. he's really sexy. He's really, really sexy. I, I agree with what you said about like in the past, they're more sort of like older, like a mobster kind of baritone. Yes, it's and very daddy vibes. Very, very daddy. And then the guy in the 25th anniversary version, he has like a high voice. It's mm. a really different kind of take on Phantom. Mm, mm. This is insane. The way y'all are nerding out over these different renditions of Phantom has me shook. And do, do, do people know this about you? Do people know how much you love Phantom? It's of the kind Opera? of a classic thing about me that I love Phantom of the Opera. Well, I'm so happy that this is bringing us together. Yeah. I am. Del- I'm so. When you got so excited, I was like, okay, great. We're gonna have something to talk about. This incredible, is. Uh, this is gonna be because no one ever wants to talk about Phantom. No, time, they truly. Not. Do, they, except really for the do people not. who really want to talk about Phantom of the Opera. Why do you? think people think it's bad i do i mean think, other than the fact that it is bad well i do think it's it is that it is it has the baggage of like being the longest running musical so people think mm-hmm. like it's like just so commercialized okay. i also think it's the andrew Lloyd weber of it all because like this is the type of musical he makes this like big bombastic blockbuster musical look at cats look at you know Joseph jesus and christ superstar jesus, yeah. yeah i feel like people hear I almost have a like less generous reading, mm. okay. which is that it has the word opera in the title, yeah. and people think it's an opera yeah, yeah. And it's instead really of a musical. Not. And they're like, I don't like opera. And no, it's like, it it's is a, a musical not... in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, it's, it's literally yeah. got nothing to do with opera. Honestly, that would deter me. I, it's I would, about I an opera. opera. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. several opera operas is the setting. an opera house. Yeah, merely the backdrop for what is a beautiful musical yeah, love story. Yeah, because I don't actually love opera. But I, I love either. Phantom of the Opera. I love Phantoms. I, I love have, Phantoms. <laughs> I have at home a mug that my mom gave me um, that as you add something hot to it, it's a Phantom of the Opera mug. The Phantom mask fills in and turns white. And it How is mysterious. my most prized possession. That's that's a good mom. And I do like go on Etsy once a month looking for vintage Phantom, Phantom of the Opera shirts. I almost bought a vintage Phantom of the Opera shirt when I was in Houston, Texas, but it was like it was like a hundred twenty dollars, something that was a little too much. I was like, I would pay sixty, I would pay seventy five, but not. I would have paid that much. For I mean, it if it I was paid, a good one. I paid a hundred dollars for this WAP shirt that I'm wearing right did you, now. Did so. you? Did you really? I did. Wow. I did. Worth it. I mean, I worth did. it. Worth it. Um, um, let's, I just need everyone to know. But let's talk about Emmy Rossum. What yes. did you think of her as Christine? Okay, I really, 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 really think that specifically Emmy Rossum as Christine in Phantom of the Opera was a root of deep colonized desire for me. Okay, and that unpack that for us. For for years and years and years afterwards, like 15 years afterwards, I had to really work to undo this thing about, like, waifish white women who need help. 
Mm-hmm. Like white women with long brown hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know the type. Who I know need type. help. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many of them. And there are so they many. Need so much help. They're countless. very, they're very common to find, and I have dated all of them. <laughs> um, and that has been, yeah, that's been a real journey for me. I am sort of over that now, but I had a meeting with Emmy Rossum's production company <gasps> this past year. Gag. And they were like, we love your pilot. We're going to send it to Emmy. And I was like, me and Emmy Rossum are going to meet. Like, uh, I like fell out. I was and like. you're going to be the phantom. The space <laughs> between me and Emmy Rossum is narrowing. Oh. <gasps> It's going to happen. And then the Phantom will be non-binary, as I imagine. The Phantom will be absolutely non-binary. Yeah, yes. I'm, I honestly... <laughs> I think of myself as more of a, a, a an Andre or a... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, who's one of the little goofy opera house guys. Um, an, um, I, Im- an image of the Phantom taking off the white mask and revealing, like, half girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a smoky like, eye. Yeah, yeah, smoky eye and, like, a gorgeous <laughs> lip and the other eye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I could see it. I could see it. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. I do want to celebrate Joel Schumacher, who once talked about how he has slept with... 10,000 to 20,000 men. And good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Um, Rest in power, King. Um, Who truly, like, this movie is just more is more. 
like everywhere. It's mm-hmm. it's just like there is so much happening on screen at all times, mm-hmm. and like none of it works amazingly. But and also like the editing style, it's like nothing lingers in the right way. It's like always cutting on the wrong beat. It's like like it's all very like not stylized and like trying to be real and then they do like we'll throw in like a weird surrealist things like during Phantom of the Opera when he's leading her down the hallway and like all the hands are holding the candle Oh my god like, that's, that's right not like the where does that come that from yeah. where does that come from like, Oh my god she's suddenly just hire wearing a smoky eye yeah. yeah and then like when they get down to his underground cavern like it's lit with a million candles but like the thing is that happens in the musical because you need that yeah. because it's on stage like in a movie it's just too bright like mm-hmm. why do you have that many candles yeah. and why are they lifting out of the floor like that's this is not that's what i mean is that it's too precious about maintaining things from the stage show that like don't really translate to film instead of finding a new stylistic way to tell this story. But then there are some moments where they move away from what happens on stage because they want it to like seem more gritty and realistic, like how um, at the graveyard, instead of doing the kind of fireball thing that the Phantom does on stage, they have like a sword fight. Yeah. And He's it's sort of like, okay, why are all of these... Alphaba and more, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow. How does he... But it's like, how does this guy know how to fight with a sword? Because how... he's a genius, you know? But is, what about Raoul? He's an idiot. Is that thing? He's a savant and that's like yes, what she he falls is a savant. He's I... like, he's like, like a, and a brilliant composer and like um, engineer and like all these things. I mean... So... God. He it, also it, he also when Raoul comes down to save Christine, the Phantom like ties him to the gate and is oh going to hang God. him. But it's like I don't really understand where the tension is there. Like what he's actually like how he's yeah, threatening like, his what life. Is, what what lever is being pulled yeah, here? But there is a vibe between Raoul and the Phantom. Obviously, obviously, this is a Joel Schumacher film. I what Patrick I've, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. He was great. Obviously, I hate him so much. But well, no, I hate the character Raoul. Yes. Ral sucks. That's what I really appreciate about the 25th anniversary version is that I feel like it's the only version I've seen that makes it more clear that, like, Christine is being abused mm-hmm. and that, like, everybody is kind of abusing her and gaslighting her and yeah. disbelieving her. And, and that like, Ral is a cuck. And Ral is a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> and into it. Yeah. I feel like the whole musical, and this is just from what I remember from watching it ages ago, I feel like a lot of it is, like, the engine of it is that suspended is it or is it not, like, sexual tension between Mm -hmm. the two of them. Totally. Because, like, I feel like, I mean, I, you know, don't go into this movie being like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall in love with the Phantom, or she's going to fall in love with the Phantom. Yeah, because you have songs like The Point of No Return, which is so horny, and also inexplicably in the movie, there's a tango added to it, and it's literally just, like, because Joel Schumacher saw Moulin Rouge and was like, well, I guess we need a tango. Uh, I guess we need... Yeah, her shirt falling off of her, <laughs> yeah. off of this seventeen-year-old girl. She looks so she's so skinny in this movie. Like her waist is like the size of t- two of my fingers. White fragility, yeah, white fragile it. femininity. The complex. The I learned complex. something messed up about that. Gosh, I really I was so obsessed with her that I was like collecting. Um, like magazines that she was on the cover of. And I realized one time when I um, it was in eighth grade, it was winter break. I went with my gay best friend, um, who now is also a non-binary person in the other direction. Wow. Um, 
And our other friend, Jesse, who we both like kind of had a crush on, who was this boy. Um, and we went to Borders Bookstore and I became say, so... Say their name. <laughs> I became so obsessed with going through the magazines at Borders to oh. find Demi Rossum yeah. that in that moment, I was like, I actually think I care more about this than I care about this boy. <laughs> that was like me when I pretended to have a crush on Lindsay Lohan. I would mm. collect all the magazine covers. That was me looking for magazines with Ewan McGregor in them. Ewan <laughs> Mcgregor! Wow. Well, we all Sick. spent a lot of time in various parts of Borders. Borders Borders well, the internet section. was much smaller then. Yeah, yeah. it was. This, the magazine. You had to look have. at a real material picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite recent memories of Phantom was Luann being at the the opening night of Phantom coming back to Broadway, and then right. Andrew Lloyd Webber DJed outside. Afterwards. Yes. Oh, oh I my heard god! About yes, that. that looked amazing. I was so mad because I saw it the next night, and I was so bad I wasn't you there. Probably could have gotten. No, like, I had ticket. incredible FOMO for that. Yeah, I was like, this was a happening. Yes. What do you think, Andrew Lloyd? Weber DJs like what do you think he, he was plays? just playing Phantom of the Opera remixes no he was not yeah he was he was he was, he was giving that's, the people no, what they wanted no, he was giving no, the people not, what they, they wanted there's videos of it you can see that's the stupidest thing and that I've was also what heard. he wanted and that's what I wanted I didn't even when I used to be a DJ like I had a Phantom of the Opera remix that I would often play at sex parties and it's a very jarring thing to come on while like, you're getting the song off. Phantom of the Opera yeah. Will you send it what? to me? Yeah, absolutely. Fran, wow. you have to understand that Look. for the people who want to see this, this is what, like, we want to see five phantoms all singing, like, one line, one word of the song yeah. alternating. We want all the remixes. Sing for me! Exactly. <laughs> we want every single, and then every single one of them steps forward and goes, sing yeah. for me. And then the woman's in the okay. going, So what are, what, are phantom, what are phantom fans called? Phantom um, fans, P H A N. Phantom. Phantoms. Phantoms. Okay, so fa- phantoms. I um I feel like you know your sing for me is like you know wicked stanza. Wow. You know yeah. what I mean. Nothing. Nothing sends full body shivers up my spine like hearing the dun 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 Because the ride is about to start. Yeah, it's yeah. about to start. Buckle up. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been inducted into the fandom, and I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Emphasis you're, on you're f- welcome. Yeah, it's also okay if not. I I feel like Phantom of the Opera is there's like there's people who had weird gay sexual awakenings about Phantom of the Opera and people who had weird gay sexual awakenings about cats. And they're all here today. Yeah. yeah I didn't have it about cats. That's right. not that's not my Andrew Lloyd Webber. Right. I, I'm choice. speaking for Phoebe. Okay, so producer Phoebe, producer Phoebe just said that for her, this is she is more into Jesus Christ Superstar, which is not something I have any experience. I've never seen. I think Jesus Christ Superstar is in the same way that I said people would eliminate Phantom of the Opera for having opera in the title. I sort of eliminated Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, Yeah, the Phantom is my Jesus. I want to see him be crucified. Exactly. He might be at some point. Maybe in Love Never Dies. Truly, if there is a Phantom of the Opera new movie or like limited series or something, I need to write on it. Not a limited series. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> a Phantom limited series. Yeah. I mean, that takes place oh, in the modern day at like no, Joe's no, pub. it has, still has to be period. 
Okay. Phantom of the Opera. And there have been, well, there have been a lot of Phantom adaptations, and some of them are, like, more contemporary. Like, there's the Phantom of the Multiplex, which is, like, the weirdest one. I the don't multiplex? know what that is. I've, I've seen a, um, do you guys know um, Takarazuka, the Japanese, like, all-female mm-hmm. theater troupe? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so this is a thing. It's a Japanese all-female theater troupe where they do these long, sweeping musicals. And women play all the roles, cool. including men. And it's specifically a thing, specifically a thing that you're seeing these women dressed as like sexy, sexy men. Cool. And women go to see these shows to see these like perfect men who wow. are actually women. Oh, and they hot. did a version of Phantom of the Opera. <gasps> which I, I want to see that. It was its own. It's not the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. They did their own adaptation mm, of Phantom. Cool. You can find it on the internet. There were no subtitles, though. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're just kind of piecing just it vibes. together. Yeah, yeah. just vibes. Memory. Just yeah. vibes. I'm down. Um, I can't believe there's a phantom at the multiplex, and I guess a phantom at the um, all women's Japanese. There's theater. a there's mm-hmm. a lot of different a fa- phantoms. A phantom at the at the Staples Center. Phantom of Fire Island. That's about <laughs> phantom to be of this Fire weekend. Island. That is going to be you. Yeah. That of, is going to be you. Phantom of sing the for box. me. Sing, sing. That'll for be me. you at um, in all your fantasies. You always at Showtune Sunday. That man in mystery. Next week we'll be back with an episode on Titanic. Um, they called her the ship of dreams, and she was. It's been 84 years, but it will only be a week until we talk about Titanic. And next week, Rose will do an hour of radio theater (laughs) themed around the Titanic. Why don't you come over and fuck me in the ass sometime? (laughs) That is actually every, it's every single character has a transatlantic accent. You all can tell us what you want us to talk about next. You can suggest a show, a book, a cultural phenomenon. You can DM us your suggestions. You can leave it an Apple review. Like we want to know what you want to talk. What do you want us to talk about? You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Also, if you have suggestions for a future episode, slide into our DMs at Like a Virgin for twenty sixty nine, um, and also connect with us on social. You can find me everywhere at Rose Domu. And you can find me at Friend Squishco anywhere you want. Subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Cranechich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, bye, virgins. See you later. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season now's the time to buy at fisher homes for a limited time only enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375 percent apr 6.139 percent apr with these exclusive lower rates you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender